everyone. Lance Curve here, back at you with another one. I love doing these type of monologues. I can really get my thoughts out. And the platform is evolving, like I said before. And I really like that direction because the way it was feeling for a while is like a child who maybe, let's say, they're in the third grade elementary school, right? And now in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, they're in middle school now. And in their freshman year of high school, their parents expect them to wear what they were wearing at third grade. We have to evolve. And I've learned so much in this lifetime from experience, as we all have and as we all should. And again, I won't keep saying it, but I'm just with a different vibe now. I'm very pleased with how my life has turned out and I'm enjoying it immensely. And I was speaking to several people, well, not several, but two different people through voicemail tonight. And I expressed how I want my filters clean, not the filters in the AC, not the filters in the car, but the filters of my mind so I can vibrate in a manner that's pleasing not only to me, but to the world around me that is righteous. I'm not trying to be nice or acceptable to the lower vibrations of the world. As a matter of fact, those who contain those vibrations do not exist to me. They are dead. If someone wants to elevate, fine. But if they want to stay in that place of non-growth, of being toxic, I declare at this moment, I cannot deal. I have graduated what I'm talking about. And there will be shows, videos, offerings that may speak on those who possess the lower vibrations, but there's going to be a lesson in it. Okay. There'll be no clickbait on this channel. What you see is what you get. That being said, what I spoke about earlier with my dear friends was that I just, I'm on a free flow right now. I've accomplished a lot and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to enjoy it without any compromise, without my radar having to go up because I didn't vet the people around me. But most of all, to live my life in a continuously meditative state. You know, when you go shopping or you go for a walk or you go into a busy city, but while you're in the city with so many people around you, you're in a zone where it's almost like you're deep in meditation and you see what's going on around you and you observe what's going on around you, but it doesn't bother you. It doesn't touch you. It doesn't sway you. And 
possibly for the next few months, I'm going to create, I'm going to keep the platform going. I'm going to keep other business endeavors going, but I'm going to sleep at my deepest. I'm going to wake up when I want to. I will acclimate to the new atmosphere. And pretty much when the sun goes down, that's when I turn in. That's when I go to sleep. I'm going to actually do this. But if I need a little more sleep and I happen to get up at five or six and I want to lay in the bed for another hour, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to check with my body and see what it needs because most of the time we can train ourselves to consume a certain amount of food as long as we get the proper amount of nutrition. But those unseen factors of the lower vibrational individuals, it may not be seen, but you can feel it. And I will do everything in my power to banish that from my life. I want nature. I don't want the engineered world. I want nature. All of it isolated, intense, I want to be in that meditative state 24 hours a day where creating is easy. Writing is easy. The artistic endeavors that I will be doing will be easy and I have nothing else but time to do so. Very intensive. Thinking back to when I lived in New York City, I learned a lot about human nature. I learned a lot about human nature, but I was also taught how to escape within into my own world. Not La La Land or some imaginary whatever. No, but to be at one and at peace with myself. And I see how many of us, we, we move about as though we're like that car that needs a tune-up. And I mentioned that, I believe, yesterday or the day before. When your car is finally tuned up, you realize how off it was before. You took it in to tune it up because you knew that it was time to tune it up. But from the last tune-up, it gradually wore down into a subpar state, performing less than it should. But after the tune-up, you say to yourself, man, this vehicle is driving nicer. It's like it's new. But you didn't realize how the performance degraded. So how many of us in our daily routines, the hustle and bustle, the waking up on very little sleep, being around negative people, eating GMO food or junk food, thinking thoughts that are negative because that's all you're around are negative gossips. When is your tune-up? When does it get better? To me, when you're in those conditions, 
Is it a shock that we get sick? Is it a shock that we get terminal illnesses? You know, lots of times I feel that even though things sometimes are beyond our control and it's environmental, I think there's a great percentage of us that if we utilize the power of our mind, we would turn many of these things away from happening. But we've been given a life and most of us don't want to listen to the divine instruction book on how to live that life. Now there is no book, but there is a voice that guides us. And we have elders and olders, and even sometimes people who are younger than us in a chronological way that know certain divine laws. But oftentimes the thing that is most pleasurable in the engineered world is diametrically opposed to the righteous world of nature, which will never let you down. So many of us go for the pleasure. It's there. And let me just tell you, there is a substitute sweetness in the worldly pleasures. But it doesn't last. And it's not as satisfying as the long-term buildup and nutrition that comes from divine pleasure. See, divine pleasure doesn't tear you down. It doesn't wear you out. It doesn't give you hangovers. It doesn't leave you feeling beat up. Divine pleasures are all in keeping with nature and what we should be doing. But we don't. So after so many decades in this world, it begins to show on us. And we scroll through Facebook. I'm just using this as an example. Huh, boy, I had an experience the other day. You know how sometimes, and I don't really do this all the time, maybe like once a year, <laughs> I pick up my phone and get a friend suggestion and realize it was that person that I may have known from elementary school, but because we have mutual friends, it brings you together. That's how Facebook works, and pretty much most of you know that. And other platforms work that way also. When you or on YouTube and you have things that you watch over and over, they will suggest things that are similar and that's to pull you in. But it's okay as long as you don't spend the day doing that. When you have songs that you listen to, there's another song that they would suggest on YouTube and it might be one of your favorite songs. And you say, wow, I found this. And it pulls you in. But I was on Facebook the other day. And I have to apologize to many because I don't really go on Facebook a lot, Instagram a lot. I'll brush through it quickly. And if I see a message, I'll check it. But to sit there and blindly go through millions of different things thrown at you, no, I need my mind. I need my mind to focus on the things that I have set for myself to accomplish for that day. So as I looked at this friend's suggestion, I said, I know him. I haven't seen this brother since the fourth or fifth grade. I'm good with faces. And I saw his face and it was just like the younger child face that he had. But 
This brother had a beard and a lot of wrinkles in his face. And I said, oh my, it appears that he really had a rough one. So I added him in and we had a wonderful conversation. And it was true. He said, Lance, you look so young. Look at me. I didn't say anything, and I kind of realized it, too. I've seen myself age greatly, right? But I try to take care of myself. So he began to admit the years of alcohol consumption, the years of smoking, choking off his brain. You know, really and truly, your brain needs oxygen. It doesn't need weed. It doesn't need cigarettes. You're only hurting yourself. And the things that come out of that manifest as you get older. I'm not preaching to anybody because maybe there's some other things that I do that I need to stop. But we are here to help each other. And so I try to let him know that he can detox. He can fast. He can begin to exercise. But for some reason, he just felt that it was too late. It's never too late. You see, our minds are very powerful. The brain is very powerful. The things that we come up with as humans and as human, H-U-E-M-A-N, the original man of the planet Earth who has originated the majority of things and what he is not acknowledged for, is usually stolen and paraded around by someone else who wants to take the credit. And then they'll turn around in these schools and lie to the kids about where these inventions came from. But we as a people, the wasted power of our mind. I wanted to figure out what would be the best illustration or banner, or picture to put up on the banner that you're looking at now. And sometimes, and I learned this in my study of advertising, which I was always interested in from single-digit ages when I was much younger, and I would get magazines, and I would look at the magazines, and it didn't matter what it was. I always looked at the ads, and I swear, from six, seven, eight years old, I would say to myself, I wonder who they're trying to get the attention of in this ad. I was always a deep thinker. And so if I saw an ad, and I'll get back on course, but this is part of it because I want you to thoroughly know where I'm coming from. If I saw back in the early 80s, or let's say the early 80s, right? And I had turned 20 in 1983. So that gives you a gauge of my age. So I would see an advertisement. Let's just make this up for a Lincoln town car. And it was in, say, for example, Architectural Digest. Hmm. Lincoln town car. It wasn't a sports car. It was a Lincoln town car. So they aimed at getting the attention from what I saw, and I confirmed it, of a possible male. Usually females don't go out to get those types of vehicles. Maybe they do. 
an affluent male who makes a certain amount of money, an affluent male who is basically conservative in his political beliefs. But you, anybody can get the car. You could be 20 years old and say, hey, I want a Lincoln Town car. It's going to be pretty much a challenge to get one with a candy apple metallic red paint job on it. You see where I'm going with this? They market things. Now, if you wanted a Camaro (laughs) or a Mustang, that's geared to someone else. And usually that man who wanted that vehicle was in his 50s or 60s or even older. He loved a smooth ride. He wasn't going to be speeding around corners. It was a, you know, air suspension. And that's what they aimed after. See? But going back to us now, we don't most of the time even know the potential of our mind, how powerful our minds are, that we can not only purchase a Lincoln Town car, but we can create one or something similar. And as was told to me by a dear friend earlier, look at that. We make drones. We make spaceships. We make helicopters and airplanes. This came from the mind. Bullet trains that go so fast that hover on air. Where does this stuff come from? But many of us are so preoccupied by the low vibrational endeavors. And for what I'm seeing in this illustration behind me, on the banner that you're looking at, they appear to be younger men. I'm willing to bet 100% that these are teenagers, hopefully, because, and I say hopefully because there's a chance that they can change. Maybe them sagging their pants is a phase. For a lot, it's not. Because you know, as well as I do, that we have grown men I'm not saying grown men in their 30s, some in their 40s and 50s and 60s walking around like this. What are they doing with their lives? How are they spending their days? They have a brain and they have a mind and they have an imagination. But oftentimes the imagination is used for something really devious, decadent. Am I putting my brothers down? No, this is an in-house talk. Could I give you the numbers of those who are wayward? I couldn't. But it's much more than it should be. All of us who are locked up in these prisons, which in essence are slave ships on land, the laws are stacked against us. Yes, we know that. And there are many innocent people who are locked up because the system doesn't favor us anyway. What others can get away with and pay for with good lawyers, we won't get away with it, especially the fact that Putin is a mosquito and I got him. Wow, I'm good. (laughs) He's been in here all night checking me out like I'm that 
sexy chick at the club. And then he decided to make his move because I sat still. And he was going to land on my left arm. So sorry for that interruption. But like I was saying, we don't get those breaks. We don't get the privilege and the status. We don't have the affluence, right? We don't have that ability to coerce. So we end up in a jail cell for something that someone else would do that they won't end up there. That being said, whenever we do come with something that is brilliant, we never really get the credit for it. Somehow, some way, with the legalities of that wicked system, they find a way to wrestle our idea for us, from us. And oftentimes, they'll pay us money that we're impressed with, but it's not much for them at all. We'll get a lump sum payment, and that's it. Look around after the year, the money's gone. And lots of times we'll run down to the car dealership to get a brand new vehicle to drive around the same neighborhood where we could have used that money to start a business. But if we were smart, we'd get a lawyer and protect our rights and ride out with that invention. But because of our lower desires, we have to experience and suffer the wasted power of our mind. So we make choices every single day. And we have to deal with the accountability that comes, with the weight that comes, whether it's something that weighs us down or lifts us up. We are where we are because all of the decisions that we made, all of the crossroads that we had to choose, either we're going to go left or right, but many of us don't realize that. Many of us don't realize how many choices we make in a day. We make thousands of choices in a day. You see that? Thousands. Little ones. We focus on the big ones, but it's those little ones that take us where we are now. Where you are now in life is because of all the decisions that you've made. In the recent past, in the past, today, five minutes ago. So we have to appreciate and understand the power of our mind to make choices that will have us going higher and higher. We make choices oftentimes and don't realize that it's a choice. We make choices sometimes that cause us to be in great debt that will follow us for the rest of our lives and affect our lives and narrow down the options that we have. But we didn't realize that when we were, we were trying to get with that young lady who you thought you can take off and get a little pleasure. But you realize too late that you made a child and now you have to pay. And when you run from pain, it builds up. Now, that one choice for that one experience followed you for the rest of your life and narrowed your options. Your mind is so powerful, you can build great structures. You can create things that are not even in existence by thinking. 
You can make your life easier and use the intelligence that you have even when you're not trained in a school or have a degree or a certificate. You don't need those things to have imagination. Nobody taught me how to draw like I do. I taught myself with most things that I know hands-on. And that has given me the confidence to forge forward to know that I can do anything that I want, want to do because I'm not going to waste the power of my mind. I will say that I made many, many foolish choices and decisions. But somehow, some way, I've been protected and brought out of certain situations. And just in the nick of time, something came in and swooped me up and I began to realize that I'm protected for a reason. See, something was put inside of me. Something was put in my mind, the brain that I have. And I got extra options and choices and opportunities because I was given a chance because so much was put inside of me, I could not go to waste. But if I continued to push it in the decadent things that I was in, involved in, the call would have been picked up by someone else. And what do I mean by the call? I'm not talking about a phone. We all have a calling on our life. And because we have that calling and we're designated for that particular space, that we occupy, like a member of a baseball team, basketball team, football team, hockey team, you have a position that you are to master and you work along with others on your team, others who master different positions because of their physical attributes, their mastery of balance, their skill level, and you're supposed to mesh together as one to win and when the team wins everybody wins but if you don't answer that call on your life and utilize the power of your mind to create a reality around you that fits in with the world because what you bring the world needs and if you turn your back on that and you walk away from that, knowing that you and only you have a calling on your life for that one thing, which will open up the doors for five more things and 25 more things and 400 more things. Imagine a phone ringing and you don't pick it up. And I'm talking about one of those old fashioned phones, rotary, where you have to go over there and pick it up. You can't mute the bad boy. By a show of hands in the comment section, how many people here remember the old rotary phones? Oftentimes you had it in black, beige, or white, and there was another kind of color, like a, like a, was it, was it grayish kind of color, light. And when you dial the numbers, see, that's where that comes from, because if cell phones came out, you just pushing numbers. We still say dial. Right? When you go and put your finger in that little circle around and over in plastic, over one, two, three, four, all the numbers there. 
You could also dial the operator, and the operator would pick up directly. But those old rotary phones, when that thing rung, 3 o'clock in the morning, people knew you don't call anybody's house that time of the night. So when you would hear the phone ring that time of the morning, and one of your family members weren't home, you panicked because they knew that they would wake up the whole house and they just wouldn't do that. So you picked up the phone half asleep, but in a panic. And if you heard the police, you knew something bad happened. But what I mean to say is that somebody has to answer the call for what you've been gifted to do. And if you don't do it, if you don't stand up in time, the phone will keep on ringing. You might turn your back for a while and not want to pick it up. But you know after a time, it's going to stop ringing. Somebody else's phone might ring with your calling on your life. But if you're wasting the power of your mind and not looking to hone it and perfect it for what you know that you've been called to do. If you don't pick it up, no matter how many times you try to go back and say, oh, I, I, I know what I have to do now. I, I, I've learned now. Somebody else's phone is ringing with your destiny. And they will pick it up on the first ring. And they will heed the instructions that come with that call. And here you are wasting the power of your mind on foolishness all your life. And this next person who may not even be as worthy as you, may not even be as smart as you, with that gift that you didn't want to develop. But they had a desire. And although your mind is very powerful, their mind may not be as powerful, but they have a desire to fulfill the calling on their lives. And they were granted the opportunity because you didn't answer the call. You wanted to stay out there and hang out with these knuckleheads who all they want to do is drink and smoke. And they thought that was their best life. When you create legacies, when you want to be different, when you want to be, when you want to elevate, you got to put the work in. There's no way around it. You've got to study your craft. You've got to put the work in. You've got to keep your mind in the right place. You've got to be focused. And at times when others are having a good time or what they think is a good time, because for me, a good time is not wasting the power of my mind. I have to earn my sleep. I can't sleep at night unless I earn my sleep. You'd be surprised right now what time it is that I'm recording this. But I can't go to sleep unless I do what I have to do for that particular day. I have my own philosophies that keep me pushing forward without backing up. Because you've got to know that this day or that time, whether it's night, day, morning, afternoon or night, you will never get that time back. And so for me, if social media wants to talk about Kanye West or Jay-Z 
or some mixed up person who wants to not be who they are. And they get a gazillion hits. That's not my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because when them people come down off of their high of decadence, they're going to want to turn around and talk to a brother like me. So I'm not going to chase that stuff down. And again, if you see me speaking about a worldly situation, I'm going to bring it into a place where there's a lesson. Because maybe someone who follows the worldly needs to hear that. And there'll, there'll be a click in their subconscious and they'll register what it is because, see, not everybody is ready to answer the call. But the call doesn't come before you're ready. So when you have the calling on your life and that symbolic phone rings for you to pick up and say, hello, I am ready to move forward on my mission. I am ready to move forward in my destiny. And all you have to say is that one thing and everything is going to be taken care of. I can't believe, and I'm saying it as a figure of speech because there's no belief here. There's knowing, right? But I said that because most people understand that type of lingo. Because although I only speak English, I speak many languages. I use words and, 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 syllables and, and the sound and delivery of my speech to paint pictures. So it's not just some monotone, I am Lance Skirvin. I was born on April 8th, 1963 on at 5.34 in the morning. No, <clears throat> no. The language that we speak is a very powerful one. I'm not saying the English language is a very powerful one because me as a melanated man, African black man, the English language is very much a straitjacket verbally for most people who look like me. We can't really express ourselves the way we want with the rhythm. This is a very much anal retentive language that most people who think that it's the ultimate language you know, they, they, they pretty much sound a certain way. <laughs> but since coming over here to the motherland and hearing different languages, oh, man, they get so expressive in it. And they get it all out of their system. So we who do spoken word, not me, but I say we, those who are up on the stage and take the English language and dissect it, and break it down, make it sound a certain way, take words that are unrelated and, and sew together a perfect garment of the mind, a verbal fashion show. Brilliant. That shows us that once we use the power of our mind, we can do anything we want. We can accomplish anything. Why don't we hear this in our schools? Why is it that we have teachers that are looking over us and designating what they think we should do when they see brilliance in us? They know we can rise high, but they cut us short like a tree that you prune that you know is destined to go and be a tall tree, but you cut it at the top so it doesn't go higher. 
This is what these so-called teachers in the elementary schools and in all schools when they don't look like us and even some who look like us, but has the colonizer's agenda to complete. So you can't trust it when they look similar. And they chop down the potential of our children. And they don't even have a chance to waste the power of their mind because they don't even get to know that they have a powerful mind. They are pruned. They will only go but so high when you leave your children in the hands of these individuals. And we have social media that shows us all of this decadent stuff. How could three men, young men, in the photo agree that this is what they're going to look like? They're more focused on exposing their backside, which also fits into the agenda of others that they're pushing around in a rainbow way. But many don't know that. Is this all you can do? Is walk around looking stupid, wasting the power of your mind. I'm telling you, you're powerful. And all you want to do is sag and walk down the street and look for responses. See, you're doing this for effect. You're doing this because you want the wrong type of attention. And I can go deeper on that. Because a lot of our black men, young black men, don't have fathers at home. Some do and still try this foolishness out and they get quickly corrected. And if you're a father and you see your son walking around this way, you're a piece of crap if you don't correct them from doing this. Preoccupied with decadence instead of developing your mind to be the great tool that it is to change the world around you. When you find out what your calling is and you answer the call, the sky's the limit. Because time, the chronological time, when you waste time, it goes by real fast. This is why you have guys who are over 50 years old stagging their pants, telling people on social media, just watch for my mixtape to drop. This is going to be a winner and this is going to get me a lot of money and fame. Fame? What is fame? So many people see other people who might have a little more attention and they want it now. But they may not even have it or anything to offer the world to even get it. So what is fame? What is it doing for you? Do you have that many voids that are in you that you need to have more attention than the others? Yeah, I won't, I won't get that money. There are people walking around you every day that have immeasurable wealth, but you wouldn't know it. And they're so low key, so conservative, but their life is in order. They're not swayed by the fads out there because fads come and go, but principles stay. They don't have to be the one in front of the camera. They'd rather remain behind the scenes. Controlling you like a marionette puppet. And you get all this attention if you do get to that point. But you don't have anything to pass on to your children. And you end up having to pass around a cup, a collection plate, 
Your family has to do this because they don't have enough money to bury you because you wasted the power of your mind. You should never stop learning in this world. There's so much to absorb. There's so many good people who are looking to do good things on a positive level. We need to run away from the people who are sitting around doing nothing. And we have people sitting around doing nothing, speaking good things because they got on YouTube or social media. And in order to get into your life, they will verbally plagiarize words that will appease you to like them. Wow. I know they must be downtrodden now, but look at how they're talking. They're speaking some righteous stuff. Let them on in. And you let in somebody in your inner circle who probably despises you. Because while they act positive and they don't show you anything negative, a surefire way is to look at their resume. Now, they don't have a printed resume to say if they want to be a friend of yours, they're going to hand it to you. But talk with them and find out what they have been doing with their life. Are they living in a reactionary way that they've been making bad decisions and they just have to react to that? Are they living in a proactive way where they don't waste the power of their mind and they think about their every move? Because like I said earlier before, we make thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions. Many of us when crossing the street, we make sure we have time to cross the street. But if you're so preoccupied, brothers, with looking at them tight jeans crossing in front of you, you don't realize that that might be your last breath that you're taking. Priorities. We have to have priorities in our thinking. We have to not waste a lot of the things that we get into that's bad is because of neglect. And it may not be you most of the time. It might be, but it may be someone else's neglect. You're sitting here crossing the street and you make sure to measure the distance. But this guy who's driving is texting and he sways over into the lane that you're crossing and you think you made it. And he hits you. And you're feeling the consequences of his mistake because his mind wasn't where it should be. You know how much you can get done in a day when your mind is where it should be? Try it out sometime if you don't do that. Try not to waste any moment. Matter of fact, you should have a physical to-do list of the things that you need to accomplish that day, even if it's repetitious. Even if you know you have to go to work for eight hours on a job and you say in these eight hours or 12 hours, whatever it may be, I want to do the best I can do. On your own time, you should be doing something that keeps you from just being a wage slave. And I'm not putting anybody down because most of my life I might have been called that myself. Right. But we have to do that extra and use the power of our mind and not think that somebody else is special because they earn way more than you independently in their own business, right? 
Most of us tend to think that. Deep down, we see somebody who's successful and we tell ourselves already, I don't think I can do that. If you get around some friends or you get around some young ladies as a man, you're going to be the most positive thing. But deep down, the confidence is not there because you know you wasted time and wasted the power of your mind. So your momentum is not success. The way you think is not success. And remember, success is measured different according to the individual that you're speaking to. Not all of us want to have big mansions. Not all of us want to have big cars because I know some multimillionaires that don't even own cars. I've known some multimillionaires that live in Manhattan in some very expensive places and have summer homes in different countries. They take their family to Italy. They have another home in Texas. They have people taking care of those homes when they're not there that live there. Maids quarters. I've talked to many people and the clothes that they wore may not have been the latest fashion, might have had holes in it. People looking at them as though they're lowly, but these people had the means and they accumulated wealth, not wasting the power of their mind. So I'm not going to scorn anybody who has accumulated righteously and legally without ripping anybody off. Some of us feel that it's more holy the churchified folk in that mindset that we feel is so holy to be broke. Now, I'm not on some old Reverend Ike type stuff. Now, you remember him. This is Reverend Ike Raincoater. <laughs> and he didn't want to hear no change in the offering plate. He just wanted bills. I'm not saying it's like that. But just think of how much time we have wasted in our lives and how much time we might be wasting now. I set up another merchant account to do business, to try something out. It should work and it will work because I'll make it work. But I'm not going to do it half behind. The more and more I dig, the more and more I seek is the more and more I find. And just like the success story many years ago of a man named Famous Amos, who had the recipe for these delicious chocolate chip cookies. And he wasn't a spring chicken. He wasn't an old man, but I remember him having gray in his beard. I don't know how that story turned out, but he made millions and millions of dollars off of those cookies. Now, who would think that they would make that much money. And again, this is not about money. I'm speaking of money because that's the universal language we utilize now to gauge success. But success may be to get away from money for some people. Money is a game for me now. My goal is to not have any overhead. Very, very, very low bills. That is one of the reasons why I moved out here to West Africa. To have everything major paid for so that whatever I have coming in, if it's a little bit, it's a lot. So many people will brag to you, yes, I make six figures. But after those taxes are taken out and after you're paying that mortgage or the fee for the condo, then the homeowner's insurance, then the vehicle you drive, 
then the insurance on that vehicle that you drive, then the maintenance on that vehicle that you drive. And then you have to have a little entertainment after all the stress of earning that money. If you have children, oh, wow, that's a whole lot of money. Even when you have health insurance, oftentimes you got to make that copay. What about the education of your children? Are you going to bring them to a place where the education is subpar? What kind of future have you relegated them to? There's so much to think about. And lots of times those who think it's about money realize they don't have much. They're making a lot. They're, they're, they're grossing a lot, but how much do they net? Right? So you see a person who may not make as much, but they ain't paying nothing. Anything they have to do, they take their time. Remember years ago they had the layaway plan? I'm going to ask you again in the comments section, just like when I spoke about the rotary phone, how many people remember when stores had the layaway plan? And the layaway plan was before credit cards were so prevalent now. See, credit cards are the layaway plan of the, of the modern day, except they charge interest. And depending on the interest rate, some are higher, some are lower. You're going to pay sometimes twice, three times, ten times the amount of what you originally borrowed from that credit card. But with the layaway plan, the merchants wanted to make sure that their things and their items were going to be sold. So maybe if something was, let's just make up a number, $2,000. Well, they would make an account with you in the store directly. And you would not get that item until you paid up. But it was okay because it may have been something that you wanted to get around Christmas time. And we don't want to get into the whole Christmas facade and, and hustle where merchants make back the money that they didn't make they're going to get all this money at the end of the year to fill their books up before the first comes but the layaway didn't have any interest so if it was $2,000 to pay for something and it wasn't early in the year it was maybe down in you know March or April you had maybe 8 months to pay well $2,000 $250 a month by the time Christmas comes you got the item. If you paid more on it, they'd pull out their clipboard right where your name is and put another 250, another 250, and you'd initial it. Those were much simpler days. People were responsible with money, more so. And if you didn't pay, you couldn't get that item. If you couldn't afford that item and a mishap happens and you say, listen, I paid $1,000 for this item, let me get something less now because I have something else to do with my money. That was up to the store owner. Some of them would say, hey, you forfeited everything because I held this item for you. See, the old way to me was the best way. And I'm not some old 60-year-old geezer who's knocking everything that is newfangled. I'm just saying on a stability tip, we were more stable. We thought about our decisions. Every penny was valuable. And back then, money, the American dollar especially, was much more powerful than it is now. 
I found out earlier today that 40% of the world is on the side of the brick nation. What happens when it gets to 50% and 60% and the American dollar is shut out from that? We need to keep up with what's going on in the world. We have young men and young women, and mostly our young men who follow rappers. They can spit every word, word for word, right along with the rapper when the song comes on. But they couldn't tell you anything about their history. They couldn't tell you anything about how finance works, even on an elementary level. They couldn't tell you the important current events that are going on in the day that affects the whole world. They live in their little hood, which is not a community, the little neighborhood, but if it's a hood, it's worse than a neighborhood. And they have no idea on what's going on in the world around them to know how to navigate and harness the power of their mind to know how to navigate and take themselves higher. How could I do this better? Why am I paying these different people who don't look like me and my community all this money to do what I can do for myself? Taking your clothes to the Chinese hand laundry and the seamstress. Buying hair that you don't need from the Korean who's selling it to you. Going to the donut shop or the newsstand that's owned by the Indian. And when they go home to their communities and counting up the money that you gave, they better not see you in their neighborhood because they're going to call the cops on you. But in your neighborhood, you welcome them. You bring your money to them. They cook for you and sew up your clothes. But somebody else that looks like you that opened up the same business, you, you wouldn't pay them any mind. Money? That's too high. Give me a hookup. As soon as you see one of your own in business, the first thing you want to know is how to get a hookup. This brother or sister utilized the power of their mind to set up shop. To serve you. And there's a responsibility that you have back to them. And you see other races of people in your neighborhood or in other neighborhoods. And that race, I will say, from ex an example, from experience that I've seen, is not just the power of the mind, but the power of the collective. When you make up your mind to build yourself up as a community, as a people. And we don't have that. We're pulled away from each other. But right there where Kirkman Road ends on Colonial Drive, Route 50. I used to live in Orlando for a couple of years there. I still know it. When you come north on Kirkman Road, where it ends on Colonial Drive, you either go left or you either go right on Colonial Drive. If you take that right after coming up north and just drive down a few feet, you'll see to your right an Asian strip mall. I didn't say strip club, y'all. Get your mind out the gutter. An Asian strip mall, a collection of stores, supermarkets, specialty shops, travel agency, even a bus company. Did they have a hundred buses? No, 
I'm not sure if they had two, but two or three. But they even had the presence of mind to set that up. And who was getting on those buses? Asians and Chinese. I saw license plates. See, I watch everything. I'm not a dummy. I might play like one. But I ain't stupid. You have different counties in Florida. And in Florida, you have the choice when you get your license plate for your vehicle, if it states the county that you live in or it just says Florida. I'd say half of those vehicles had the plain Florida. Don't know where they lived. Might be in Orlando, Orange County. It might be somewhere far away. But half, the other half of vehicles that I saw, they had counties as far down, and I don't remember all the counties in the cities. I'll tell you the cities that was associated with those counties, and it may not be that exact city, but it was as far down as Miami. Far up as the Panhandle. Way over in Tampa on the west side. Brevard County on the east side. Jacksonville. I even saw some Georgia plates. So they had this Chinese strip mall and you had people drive from Georgia who were Chinese all the way down to that supermarket that they served each other with the with the products. That you won't see anywhere else. But as a black man or woman, you can come in there and spend your money. They'll take your money. They may not like you too tough behind the Colgate smile. They may not think of you Highly because of what they see artificially pushed on the nightly news. Yeah, some of us do crimes and we do some stupid stuff. But who doesn't as a race? But they flavor the minds of those. And you might have one who might follow you around if you look like one of these gentlemen with the fashion statement that they have. You see that? But. I would see all of these different counties from far away, which means they made a commitment to the people who look like them. And I don't care if I have to pass so many other stores. We're all going to support this one. And if the prices are a little high, we understand that you had to import stuff from China. See, it was all Chinese products there. They might have had a ketchup from America, Heinz ketchup, you know, Hellman's mayonnaise, <laughs> a few things that didn't make sense to ship over from China. But those Chinese people went there for products that they were used to using back in their country. And it was a trip out to re-up on their culture. You know when you say re-up what that means and that type of uh, business when they say in the street, we got to re-up, man. That means I got to get more drugs. But it doesn't have to be a bad word. I saw families, lots of laughter, some hugs, but they were joyous. They were buying food, buying products, dealing in different business. They had their own tax man there, a little shop. So they circulated the money. But somebody had to think of that. They all had to think of that. They all made the decision 
to support each other and build something up with the power of their mind. They heeded the call of unity. They didn't turn away from it and say, I got mine, you got to get yours. No, they, they, they burned gas. They had to dig deeper in their pocket for the bigger dream to have their community in that strip mall, in other places in Orlando, right? And this is going on all over the country. It's not just Orlando, but I pointed that out and I name dropped some streets for those who may live there to see, really see. And those buses they had weren't really like the most modern, but they were loyal because they didn't waste the power of their mind and go with anybody else and dilute the money that they can put together and build up and be independent and have their own banks because there was a bank there and you can put your money in it. But guess what? They're going to get the benefit of it. They may turn you down for a loan, but they're going to make sure that their people have their own loans. Self-sufficiency. But because we don't have the mindset, our minds are all over the place, running down stupid fashion, running down uh, 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 stupid facades. We want to wear our wealth on our sleeve, but we don't have wealth. We may get rich for a time, but wealth is generational. And we wear our baubles and rubies and trinkets and little shiny red things and exalt ourselves over the other. And we never understand that we should come together. But this is something that I don't even really say anymore. I'm not going to say it. I grew up hearing this. I grew up hearing we should wake up. See, if you're not going to heed the call to that alarm clock that's buzzing off in your face all these decades, well, you just stay there and stay asleep. Don't run me down in a panic. I tried to wake you up. I did my part. But now, why I feel so laid back and relaxed and getting into human nature, self-reflection, personal growth, self-improvement, living my life in a way where a 24-hour period can go by and it's going to feel four times that. It's going to feel like 96 hours because everything will be done silently, meditating, not making a move until you have in your mind what it is that you need to do for the day to not waste the power of your mind. Living in an orderly way, keeping your emotions in check. And if your emotions get out of hand, why did it get that way? What can you do to not let it Get that way again. Oh, yes. And there's sometimes in this life when you need to bark on people. You need to bark on some people because that's the only language they know. But after you finish barking on them, you go back into your existence and recharge. Because now you won't have to worry about them stepping over the line because the lines have been drawn. You have to protect your peace of mind. Don't get in any unnecessary arguments and arguing with a fool who's never done anything in their life, who has no goals in their life, who's not about nothing. 
Heck, we know that when we transition, most of us may not have our name up in lights. But it's really bad when you live life and you're currently alive and you're still very much forgettable, mediocre, and nondescript. Isn't that something? But that's the choices that people make. But when other people make choices that elevate them and they don't waste the power of their mind and they make use of the space that they occupy in this world, on this plane, don't get jealous of them. Don't get envious of them because the phone rung for you and you didn't pick it up. And if somebody picks it up and heeds the call, and they make something out of it because they don't waste the power of their mind. Don't get mad at them. See, there's no time machine, at least not around now. Maybe sometime in the future, right? But there's no time machine where you can go back. You can take a break. You can rest yourself. But you always got to have a game plan in your mind. Always creating in your mind. Always seeking solutions on how you can make your life better. That's what you have to do. So even in your idle moments, even when I'm relaxing and it seems as though I'm just staring off into space, the very complex mechanism of my brain is working to make my reality better. When I used to drive the bus in Orlando, Florida, I often thought of those realities that were out there. The things I could manifest that were out there. Out where? I couldn't tell you, but I knew that if I can think a little different than accepting the reality as it was thrown to me, that was smothering me as I had the seeds of greatness on the inside of me. I said, man, you know, there's somebody right now in Brazil on the beach laughing and having a good time. There's someone right now in the Philippines in a little restaurant while people walk by and they're all greeting each other and laughing and having a good time. There's somebody in South Africa driving a drop-top vehicle and they have the wind in their hair and not a problem in the world. My reality wasn't bad. I live pretty well in Orlando. I work hard for it, but I wanted more time. I want to get out of the trap of every single month. You're paying for this and you're paying for that and you're in the rat race. No, that is not normal. There are many people out here who are homeless by choice. I spoke about that on the other show. More and more that I hear that when they do it by choice and they have some type of retirement or some type of something coming in. They don't want to be a part of this thing. I never saw an alligator punch a clock, but they're fed. I never saw a cat or a dog in the street running to go to a job because they're in the system of nature. But we who are in the man-made engineered system, we have to dance to the beat of that drummer. I wanted to get out of that. So now I embarked on a plan and it took a while. We've made it. Because of our mind, thinking outside the box, thinking outside the matrix. Many said we couldn't do it. Many said it wouldn't happen. And this is just the beginning, because now that we are unshackled and free, 
and our time has opened up. We can do so much more because we can focus our mind 110%, 1,000% on creating something new instead of toiling and being the middleman for the bills. You get it, you pay it out. How much time do you have? How much money do you have left over? Figure out what it's going to take for you to truly live a free and successful life. Don't waste the power of your mind because that's where your solution and that's where your salvation is going to come from. You can sit up in church all day long and pray to the white Jesus. You can sit up and jump around doing all these aerobics, but it's not going to do anything for you unless you use your mind. I never saw anyone come out to church and go into a college and all of a sudden get hit by lightning and they say, I've been blessed with a four-year degree. You still got to take the test. You have to earn it. You have to toil and focus on it. There will be obstacles sometime. Lots of obstacles, but they're mere speed bumps. And every obstacle that you overcome it makes you stronger makes you more powerful makes you unstoppable so now that I've broken through the atmosphere like that spaceship that has those two rockets on the bottom and it has a camera facing back to the earth and once it breaks through those fiery rockets return back to earth And I believe they disintegrate before they hit earth. So what's going to propel you to that next level? What's going to bring you higher? You need those rockets of thought, of of a powerful mind to propel you up. But you also have have, have to have the powerful mind to make the right decisions to point you in the right direction. If I'm going up in the sky as a rocket, and I don't know where I'm going or, or a spaceship, right? I said rocket. I got to have direction. I got to know where I'm going because it's a very precise science. So we can have all the energy in the world and have little hustles that do nothing that are so easy. But what about the big thing? At the end of the day, how are you closer to your goal than you were the day before? Who can you learn from that you've contacted? How have you honed your battle plan to achieve better? Because see, when you first get in any game, I don't mean game for sport and play, the game of life, the game of business, the game of making money, the the game of increasing your peace of mind. You don't usually know everything. So you have to study. You have to watch and observe how is this thing done. I remember when I left working at Home Depot to take a van and drive up and down the bus routes in Southside, Queens, Sutphin Boulevard, the Q9 route. For those who might remember, I was the guy with the van that had Sir Lance across the back. Neon and Shiny chrome rims and big antennas with a nice ribbon there. And on the front, I had the candy man. And I had a bowl of mints that people can take in the morning time to combat the morning breath that they had from not washing their mouth or brushing their teeth because they were in a rush to get to the job. And when I first started, 
the first day I went out. I was taught this, and this was in my neighborhood. I did not know these brothers were making so much money. But I didn't know how to read the road, as they say. The rhythm of the road. First of all, I came out a little too late. I said, well, rush hour, you know, 7 o'clock on. No, because rush hour would be over really quick. I had to be out there from 4.30 in the morning, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that when that window of opportunity was upon us as far as a rush hour, we had to get up to the subway and get back down to the end of the route as quick as we can because that's where the crowds were. After about 8.30, going on 9, things died off. Sometimes you'd have loads of people, but they would come a little slower. You'd take a break around noontime. Traffic was still there, but when it got to the evening rush hour, it was back on and popping again. And you could stay out as late as you wanted, but you know that you had to come out there early to get those first few loads before the people who slept late came out who did the same thing. The first day I went out there all day long, I was smashed because I didn't know how to read the road. Do you know how much money I made? I made $35 the whole day long. I couldn't even use the money I made to fill up the tank again, wash the vehicle, and have some profit. I said, wait a second, I think I've been duped. I might have to go back to this job. But I wasn't that stupid. I saw the money these guys were making. I studied them better. So what I did, my friend, Gerald Ahukuma from Nigeria, who worked at Home Depot with me, he stayed at Home Depot, but he also supplemented his income by doing that in the street. So he said, come here with me, man, and ride with me. I said, I'm taking up a seat. I'm taking up a fare. He says, it doesn't matter. After I show you how to do this thing, you're going to make a lot of money because I know you're crazy with the work ethic. You just have to know how to do it. See, that's real community right there. He could have said, I ain't teaching that Negro nothing. I'm a born African, and, and he's just an American. And so many of us are cruel as we speak of native-born Africans. I ain't got nothing to do with them mud huts. They living up in trees, poor, flies flying around the kid's face, big bellies, ribs touching. Worldwide community. We worship the white man in America so much, and we won't even extend a hand to our brother. But then again, if you abuse your brothers and speak bad of them and put them down and, you know, you might find yourself in a very isolated position where you're on the outside, where once you thought you were on the inside. Isn't that something? Lesson learned. Hard pill to swallow. But I grasped it in one day. I said, oh, See, they had, once you hit the subway, that first subway stop on Sutphin Boulevard and Archer Avenue. I'm just name dropping in Queens, right? For those who know it. And if you do, let me know. Let me know if you know Queens like that. Let me know if you were from back in that day. I did this back in the 90s for a couple of years. What was it from? The end of 95 to early 98. And that's when I started driving the Lincoln Town Call for a a black car company, two of them. I forgot their names. One started with an O and the other one was an entertainment um, company where a black car company 
transportation company, you know, entertainment, they focused on having entertainment contracts. And I met a lot of famous and semi-famous people. Hot 97, the radio station, they had to, had this week-long thing with these stars, and I was just getting it that day, meeting all kind of people. You know? I remember going out to Jersey and picking up Earl de Pearl Monroe. He was already retired, but I had a nice, long, inspirational chat with him. See, so you never know. Because of the power of your mind, what if I gave up driving the van? I wouldn't have met him and Funkmaster Flex and 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 there were oh god there's so many I, I I'm forgetting trust me uh what what's his name um oh god Noriega I met him one night driving the Lincoln Town car I took him to his condo in Jersey one night see when you keep pressing when things get tight or things seem to fall behind there are opportunities waiting for you up that same road, but if you turn around and walk out of it or take an easier road, you won't have those nuggets of victory to network with people. You've got to have that stick It's very important. So once I learned the road with my friend Gerald, I was probably making more money than anybody out there within a week. I had a chance to fix up my home and fix up the apartments and rent them out. So when the road got rough, when Mayor Giuliani turned the uh, two fair zones into one fair zones, so people on the outskirts of Queens, way out, Laurelton and parts like that, way out, Cambria Heights, they're like, wait a second, if we get on the bus, we only pay one fare and can transfer to the subway. The dollar van still made some money, but it wasn't as good as when it was when I was out there. And so after a while, I said, let me find something else to do. What could I do? So a lot of guys were driving Lincoln Town cars for black tie companies and, you know, corporate companies and stuff when they have vouchers. You can go out in the city. You don't know what kind of run you'd have. You'd have the radio and it would get in line. You decided what sector you wanted to work in. Upper Manhattan East, Upper Manhattan West, Midtown Manhattan East, Midtown Manhattan West, different, the financial district. You picked. You didn't have to get up every day and come out. They're not going to call you. You're an independent contractor. You come out there when you want to and put yourself in line. Sometimes calls would come quick and you don't know. It was a luck of the draw. I remember I was getting ready to come home. I said, you know, let me go on home. Maybe I'll take one run. I didn't take myself off the list yet. They had the high-powered radios on the, black, on the back of my Lincoln Town car, and they called for me, and they asked if I was still available. They would check because some guys might fall asleep. I said, okay, I'll take the run. Now, mind you, I'm in Manhattan, and I lived in Queens, which was the opposite direction from Philadelphia I got a call to Philadelphia. That would have been lovely when I started out first thing in the morning. But once you take the call and put yourself in line, you got to do it. I was like, oh, man, I feel like I'm falling asleep. I got to go to Philly right now. It was a pleasant young lady, Caucasian woman. You're not supposed to start conversations with anybody, but if they do with you, you can talk. 
And so we talked a lot. I learned about what kind of business she was in. She was in the fashion industry. But she lived in Philadelphia and took a car every day. I knew a woman from Boston that I would meet at the heliport who came into work from Boston every single day. And where the heliport was on the west side by the Hudson River, it was about a mile from where she worked. So there are people who lived in New York City, lived in Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx that would commute because it was so crowded. They couldn't get to Midtown Manhattan as fast as this lady did from Boston, Massachusetts. Brain teasers. There's always something to think about. But as I drove out to Philadelphia, I learned so much. She knew I was tired. And just on the comical sense, she understood that I was tired and wanted to invite me up to spend the night. But she didn't have in her mind for me just to sleep, if you know what I mean. I'll end it right there. I didn't stay. I hopped in the car. I drove about two miles, pulled over, and went to sleep for the two or three hours. It was kind of a safe area in the parking lot, the gas station. Then I found my way home, but it was a nice big voucher. When I got to Midtown Manhattan again, all of a sudden, I, are you still working? You want another call? I'm like, uh-uh, I'm out. <laughs> but like I say, Experience will help to enhance the power of your mind when you know how to pick and choose what's offered to you as far as experiences. You know, you can't blame anybody if you put on a lot of weight, if you keep going over to the buffet and eating cheese and, and high calorie food and stuff to constipate you and block you up. You can't get mad at that. But when you choose the right vegetables and the right fruits and the right lean meats, if you do eat meat like a chicken and a fish, a lean thing, right? I'm not going to preach to anybody. You, you'll do better because of your choices. Because you know that for you to live a high-powered life, that you need to make high-powered decisions and not waste any power of your mind. That's why I titled this this way. Either we stand around sagging our pants, physically or mentally, going up the wrong roads, making the wrong choices, or we utilize what our creator gave us because we don't realize that we're little creators in comparison of the big creator. And once we understand that, we'll know that we can accomplish anything that we set our mind to and our self-esteem will be through the roof because we'll know how powerful we are. I just want to say thank you all very much for hanging in with me. I know I talk a lot and I'm long-winded, but I just had to share that thought because I have a high-capacity head. If you see how big my head is on the banner, <laughs> I got a lot of terabytes, a lot of stored experiences and things to share. So I thank you for hanging in with me and know that I righteously love you all. I'm on to the next one. Like, share, and subscribe. Leave your comments. And we'll be back tomorrow. Much love to you all. Lance Gerv out. Peace.